I think that was worth 100 G's rather than 50 G's. I, I've said it and I'll say it again, I think I have the best striking in the MMA. Sean O'Malley, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, this fight knocked out. You want to get back Woo. on the right track? That is how you do it. Ian Heinis, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, he's under the chin. Now it's tight. Oh. You look for the new guy when the guy's been right there the whole time. I tell everybody, once I take you down, it's going to be a long night. I'm not just saying that for fluff, man. Aljamain Sterling, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's <laughs> dangerous. I should have made more out of it. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Um, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah still far apart from each other. And uh, we have a very busy uh, show tonight, uh, or today, I should say. We have um, Sean O'Malley. Yes. Coming off a, a walk-off, uh, I almost said home run, a walk-off knockout. We sugar, have, uh, sugar, Sean O'Malley. Sugar Sean. I can't say Sean O'Malley without saying sugar in front. Aljo Sterling. Oh, I know him. A walk-off strangulation. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Keep going. I'm um, Sam Hagen, and, uh, of course, we have Ian Heinish coming off um, uh, TKO of, of Gerald Mearshart. Oh, we, dude, I'm happy with the lineup, Tremendous. Jimmy. I'm happy yeah. with the lineup, and I was – I'm still on cloud nine because of yeah. that. I really am. Uh, it felt weird that myself and Ray Longo wasn't there. Longo is – acts like a young man, but, you know, he's in his early sure. Which sounds crazy to me. It sounds crazy to him because he never matured. He's like me. He doesn't play video games, but he's yeah. immature in his own ways. He stays young, I should say. Young at heart. Yeah. Wow. But, you know, uh, I didn't want him traveling. So I, I put the kibosh on that. No traveling for Longo. Sure. And uh, it's just such crazy times that myself and Longo, we couldn't make it out. So Raging Al was the head corner along with uh, a couple of um, upcoming fighters, Dennis Bazooka, and also uh, Stephen Lee, who's, a, who's a, a good friend and martial artist under Ray Longo. So, I mean, he had a corner, Aljo, but we weren't there with him, so you could imagine, Jimmy, yeah. how, how nerve-wracking it was for me at home watching the Funkmaster versus the Sandman. And I like that. That sounds, yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. like a comic book. It sounds like a comic book fight. Yeah. Right, Jimmy? Is that what you were sure. going to say? Absolutely. Yes? Yeah. Funkmaster against the Sandman. And, you know, we never went over my pick. I was going to say rear naked choke, to be honest. Okay. I was going to say third round. That's how much I, that's how, uh, how much uh, high regard I hold sure. Corey Sandhagen. Uh, he is, I mean, it's how ironic is it he put the Sam in to sleep though. That's funny. It is and I'm not, so quickly. He is, so I mean when they were dry, like as soon as you get on when they're before they're sweating, I'm like, oh, that's that's a very bad place. You know, I said it before, and I'll, and I'll say it again. Aljo, there's uh, Aljo's mount and Aljo's yeah. uh, back attack and back control is really second to none. Corey was doing a Corey probably escapes most guys' backs, you know? Yeah. But Aljo's body triangle is so tight that even 
when he doesn't have that seatbelt grip, which is one arm between the head and the shoulder and the other one under the armpit, and you're grabbing the arm, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, shit, O'Malley's ready for us. Right, let's, talk gonna, let's, let's talk to Sean, Sugar Sean, and let's get back to this afterwards. It's so exciting. What a, what a great, what a jam-packed show. There he is. The fucking Sugar Show. How you doing, man? Doing good. How are you? Good. What, what are you driving right now? Is that, it looks like you have an orange cone in there. Where are you? Oh, it's a, it's called a slingshot. Oh, shit. What's a slingshot? Yeah. It looks like a little doom buggy. Yeah. It, yeah, it kind of is. It's a Polaris. Polaris make. It's fucking, it's pretty sweet. Wait, oh, that's an actual car. Yeah. Oh, it's, so pretty s- much, it's, it's pretty much my, my, my go-to car. It's pretty much what I drive always. That's oh, okay. fucking awesome. Where are you living? Where, where, where are you coming from, Sean? Phoenix. I'm in Phoenix. It's probably hot as balls over there. Yeah, but honestly, it's, the I best look. right now, but it is no. fucking. Hey, listen, man. Congratulations on a fucking perf- What a performance, brother. Thank you. That was amazing. Thank you. Fuck Eddie yeah, Wineland, man. Veteran. Yeah. It didn't seem any different than some of your prior fights. Was there... Knowing that you were going versus a guy with such experience, guy's been around, rocking that mustache is a little even more intimidating, shows confidence. Uh, you, you, you were like, you were so composed. Did it feel any different fighting a guy with such experience? No, I, a lot of, like, for those guys, the older school guys, they turned pro right away. I don't think they really had much of an amateur career. Um, I think if you total up the total amounts of fights we've both had, I've, I've probably had just as many, if not more, I've had. You know, over 30-some fights with my amateur career. I've been fighting since I was 16, knocking people out cold since I was 16. Just a little skinny dude, no muscle, just hitting people right on the chin. So, uh, I, I didn't feel – I knew I was going to go in there and be able to, you know, do what I did. You're, you're, um, your buddy, your instructor, your sensei with the red hair. Give me his name one more time, please. Tim. Tim. Tim, Tim what? Yep. Tim Welsh. When did you meet Tim? I like – you're dynamic. I like your chemistry. You guys are, you're in sync. I see yeah. that. You didn't have to go to the corner in that fight, but I see it. So right. when, when did you meet Tim? Yeah, Tim, Tim's actually, we're both from Montana. Uh, he's from Great Falls. I'm from Helena. We didn't really know each other ever until he was in Bellator Fightmaster. And I was just kind of learning about fighting. Um, and I just remembered that he was going to be on TV. So I was back in Helena. I think I was 17, 18 years old. I'm like, damn, he's going to be on TV as a fighter. That's, that's fucking insane. Um, I don't know anybody from Montana that's on TV. So I watched that. And then uh, shortly after, he, he was already living in Phoenix. He came down to co- uh, commentate one of my amateur fights. Um, and I was fighting this college wrestler. Uh, he was from Great Falls College Wrestler. I was just knocking people out. And I knew literally a fucking basic arm bar and triangle off my back. And Tim was coming down to commentate the fights. It was for a belt in Montana. And uh, the kid took me down, and I fucking popped his arm, armbarred him. And Tim, after the fight, said, hey, if you want to, you have potential, if you want to come down and train for real at a real gym at the lab, um, hit me up. So I called him that next day, ordered, a, got a flight book, and came down. Uh, that was when I was, I think I was 18 years old. And I stayed down in Phoenix for like probably 10 days. And I was like, and I literally would probably cry after every practice. Cause when you're the man in Montana, you don't understand there's levels to the game. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't understand there was that guys that good. So I came down and got beat up bad every single fucking day. Um, drove back or flew back to Montana, saved up $2,000, drove my car down. Tim and I got an apartment 
and he's pretty much been my head coach the uh, the rest of the time. It's interesting you say that. Was there because a lot of guys don't want to leave that place where they're doing so well to go to a place where they're not? Was there ever any, any temptation where you're like, I got to get the fuck out of here, or you're like, I'm going to make this work? Yeah, I mean, after there was days after sparring where I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know if I can do this, but I, I also in the back of my head, I was like, okay, I just I don't have the skill yet. I'm a really really high level athlete, but I just don't have the skill yet. These guys are beating me because they're better, so I'm going to show up at the gym more. I didn't miss a day. I still don't miss a day. I'm still going in twice a day. I'm still getting better. Um, so I, I knew if I continued to just go and get better that I was going to be beating those guys some days. You know what I like, man? You're so, you're so confident on the mic. And, uh, you know, you have, I've seen on your Instagram too, you put the gi on, you going in there knowing you're going with guys that are most likely going to tap you out. With, Fuck yeah. Control you more. So to be so confident, you actually have to really be out of your comfort zone a lot in training. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's, it's a weird balance between confidence and being humble and getting humbled. Like, I'm gonna, if I'm going to go roll with Augusto Mendez in a gi, like, I 100% get fucking choked out numerous times. Even if it's no gi, like, there's times where we'll go and, you know, he's going to submit me. He's one of the best grapplers in the world. But also, it's like, okay, this is, in my mind, I'm like, this is pure jujitsu. Like, I'm a UFC fighter. I'm, this is, that's where I, that's where I don't fucking lose in, in here. And in, in here's okay to lose. Um, I, I know I'm going to lose. I'm going to go with bigger guys who are black belts. I'm going to get submitted. Uh, I'm, I'm, I never get, I'm not like, I, if I'm getting submitted, I'm, I'm getting better. So I, I've definitely been able to, you know, kind of turn that around in my brain, which I don't, I don't think a lot of fighters can do is be okay with that. And this was your, I think your first fight uh, since the whole uh, lack of crowd. This was your first time dealing yeah. with that. And did yeah. some guys it affects, some guys it doesn't. Uh, what's what what uh, struck you about it? Did it feel odd or not at all? I feel like as as a high level performer, I'm 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 up there in the highest level of performance, and I I can perform under any circumstances. Um, I, I prepared to fight inside that cage, June sixth. And it doesn't matter if there was a million people outside the cage or if there was literally no one. I was going to go in there and, and do exactly what I did. But it, it was different. If I could have picked between having a crowd and no crowd, I fucking love the fans when they're there. It's such an yeah. insane energy. I, I did miss that. You know what it is? The fans, they love you, man. You got It's not just that you're so accurate and you're putting these guys to sleep. It, you got that it factor, buddy, and you know you have it. I can tell you, you know yeah. you have it. And I'll tell you right now, Besides Post Malone, I don't know. You pull off the face tattoos. A lot of guys can't oh, do that you. shit off. Jimmy, <laughs> know, let me tell you something. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, no, go ahead. I want to hear what you're going to say. No, I was just going to say, man. You know, I follow you on Instagram. I'm a bit older than you. Weed, video games. A bit. Swag. We could have been hanging out ages ago, <laughs> me and you. I'm telling you. I'm a fan of the Sugar Show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And it comes, like... You know, as long as I, I can be, I can be that goofy character on Instagram and all that stuff. But as long as I'm consistent in the gym, like that's that's what's most important, and that's my priority is getting better and becoming the best I can. After a fight like this, where you took no damage, uh, you know, you got to be ready to go again as sooner rather than later. Um, so, is there anybody you have your eye on, and and have you gotten the new ranking yet? Um, no, I I talked to UFC yesterday, um, a little bit. And uh, I don't know. We're, he, I, I didn't really say any names or anything. I, I said 
I'm willing to fight Cheeto. I was supposed to fight him a while ago. Um, I thought he won that last fight. And I think the UFC is kind of like, yeah, we thought he won that last fight. I mean, look at Jose Aldo. He's, he's getting a he's getting a title shot over guys like Aljo, who, who I, in my opinion, deserve that title shot. And Aldo is 0-1. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to fight someone coming off a loss. But I, I think, you know, Cheeto's on a six-fight win streak. I think he did win that last fight. So that's that's an op uh that's an option. Um, other than that, we're kind of just waiting to. I don't I don't know what we're waiting for. Honestly, I'm fucking ready to go. <laughs> you know, has your training been affected by the whole? Uh, I mean, obviously everybody's training is a little bit different. Uh, but is there anything that's concerned you about it? But with with the, the new regulations and the way everything is being set up, and you can't be within close proximity, has it affected you at all? I it's fun. I I didn't even know there was riots and looting going on until the fight week in Vegas. Until Tim and JX were in, in the in the hotel watching the news. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I don't pay attention to any of that stuff. I don't, the, the whole COVID thing hasn't, I, I haven't missed a training session. Um, you know, we're, we got a good group of people that come in and train. So I, I don't pay attention to any of that shit. I'm, I'm working on getting better. <laughs> you know, you know what I love? I love, I, like, look, with shit talk, I like when it's kind of genuine. So I love in the post fight uh, backstage when you're talking about, or what it was, I seen you talking about um, Henry Shudo, uh retiring. And yeah. you were mentioning that you knew why, you know, you felt that he was retiring because, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, misquote you, but pretty much you had an idea why he was uh, retiring because, you know, possibly because of you. But I really love that you mentioned that, you know, and also, you know, your Aunt Henry got his first girlfriend. And when you have your first girlfriend, it could kind of mess with you a little bit. <laughs> and you're 30. Oh. <laughs> that was a bigger. That was that was a bigger KO than Eddie Wideland right there. That was that was, that yeah. was awesome. <laughs> and he took the. I seen he took the social media and got. I got the little dude fired up. But you never know. Like I'm. I'm in the. I'm in the game. I want to be a pay per view king. I want to be. I want to lead. Lead the pay per view numbers someday. So I'm poking. I'm poking fun at him. Um. You know. I've poked fun at Cody Garbrandt's fucking some uh, his little knockout that he got and, and stuff like that. So I, I'm building up good good matchups for future fights cody garbrin i who the hell wouldn't want yeah. to see that that would be amazing yeah i feel yeah. like uh yeah it was his knockout people people keeps thinking that i don't think his knockout was super sweet and i do think it was really cool but i don't think you can compare it to mine he bent down at his hips and threw a right hand from his fucking pocket and got lucky i don't know if you want to call it lucky or not but i mean he just he just threw a bomb right hand that from his hip uh, mine was calculated, precise, accurate, fast. His was fast and a beautiful knockout. Definitely worth the fifty grand. But I would say that's a fight he really needed too. I mean, coming off of three losses, uh, uh, three stoppages, I was happy for him because I like Cody, and that that was a fight he really needed. Yeah, I agree. You know what I really love uh, the, with your knockout is it was. It, I, I mean, Joe Rogan caught it, and and some people could see it, but a lot of times people want to. They want to kick to the head, they'll look low, then kick high. You did a little feint with an uppercut, like you were going to do an uppercut, and then it went straight. I mean, so beautiful. I mean, that's yeah. it. you playing that a lot, where you're faking the uppercut, landing the right, or is it just something? Just faking lots of stuff. In, in, that, in that same fight about a couple, couple seconds earlier, I threw the same combo. It was, And it's, it's a faint uppercut, and it's a kind of faint left hand, too. So he's reacting kind of both those, and I'm hitting him with the right hand. So I'm, I'm throwing – you know, two two shots that are, are kind of making him react and then hit him with that last shot. But, yeah, I threw that exact same combo. You know, anybody that fights me with their hands down like that's getting knocked out. Anybody that's not going to have their hands up and, and fight, 
you know, Jose Quinones had his hands up. He had a, he had a really tight guard. He had really good movement. He switched stances. He, he didn't make a lot of mistakes, and I still knocked him out. So it's going to be if – you, if you come at me with your hands down, you're getting knocked out. I mean, is it the mid-work? Is it – how accurate uh, – when you're so accurate, like I'm like, what is – how do you get so accurate? Is it the sparring? Is it the mid-work accommodation? Call of Duty. Fuck yeah, Call of Duty. <laughs> is that your go-to game? Forget this right MMA now. shit. Yo, yeah, let's talk video yeah. games. What is your <laughs> right go-to? Call of Duty. But I don't spar that much, honestly. I don't oh, really? I, I sparred – I think I sparred total seven rounds. Wow. That whole camp. Yeah, I don't get, I don't like getting hit in the head. I, I I don't get hit in the head very often in fights, um, and I'm definitely trying to take as least amount of damage throughout this career as possible because the fucking brains. Yeah, that, that's that's the number one thing I got to be careful about. Do you also work on other things if you're not sparring? I mentioned this last week too, but whenever Ali would train, he would train. He would work on weaknesses. I mean, that's when people would see him. He would always be working on something he had to improve on. Is that what you're trying to do more? Like you already know you can strike, and you already know you have knockout power. Yeah, I grapple probably 80% of the, like if I'm training 80% of it's probably grappling for the week drilling live goes my favorite fucking training is usually Monday Wednesday Friday at 11 or noon we go we, we fucking do our own warm-up slap hands and we'll do you know five seven minute rounds four ten minute rounds three whatever um and, and just live grappling from the feet so that's that's my favorite um my favorite training and that's that's what we do most of and then once we get a fight book will really turn up the mitts. Um, but throughout the week, I'll, I'll, do, I'll hit mitts a couple times and then grapple mostly and then continue by doing my strength and conditioning. But once I have, have a fight booked, um, that's when we kind of turn up the mitts. That's so smart what you said with the sparring. Because some guys, they fall in love with the sparring. Yeah. And they pay the price. That does more damage sometimes than the fights itself. Right. You know? Yeah, I, walk, I walked into this fight. And I can't believe I can even say that 100%. I had no injuries. I felt so fucking good. And the fight before that against Quinones, I would say I was about 90%. I had a little couple tweaks. But the, every time I have any injuries, it's from sparring. Um, like I said, I've had over 30 fights. I've had a lot of sparring. I've had a lot of – I know how to fucking fight. Um, and the only thing about sparring is kind of getting your timing timing down. But if, after coming off a knockout over Jose Quinones, my timing's down. I don't need to have 20 rounds. I don't need to – you know, my timing's there. I need to stay healthy and, and make sure I'm in shape. How do you deal with the distractions? The women coming at you, the, the partying. You seem like you would have a lot of stuff coming at you in waves. How do you, as a 25-year-old kid, you seem very focused on, the, you know, the task at hand, which is becoming the most dangerous motherfucker you could be. How yeah. do you deal with the discipline? How do, you, how do you keep yourself disciplined during this? I think it's my... You know, it's weird. I felt guilty. Even Sunday morning, like, I was, like, eating shit that I hadn't been eating all fight camp. And I felt guilty instantly. I'm like, I need to stay focused and be ready to, you know, get back into camp, get ready to fight again. Um, I don't know. I'm just really fucking focused right now. And I, I'm, I was out for those two years for some fucking bullshit that never, that never, that I should have been out for. But like I said, I've said in plenty of interviews, I look back on that as a positive thing. I, I was able to grow a lot. Um, but right now I'm like, I need to, I need to fight while I still can fight. I'm not gonna be able to fight forever. So I need to, let's see how, I don't want to look back when I'm 40 and say, damn, I could have, I could have been training a lot more and been a lot better. I want to look back and be like, I did everything possible. I could become the goat. And that's what I, that's where I'm at mentally right now. How many days do you give yourself to eat like shit after a fight before you get back into, into being disciplined? How long will you give yourself? Um, I, I, I eat 
as far as eating shit, like processed foods and stuff, I'll, I'll keep it quality even right now, even a couple of days after the fight. Um, yesterday we were in Vegas and then we had to drive home four hours. So I was eating a little more snacks and stuff, but, um, you know, now it's my, I had a good, good, uh, quality breakfast this morning. I'm going to try to eat good all night or all day. And then at night it's when I hit that fucking weed, that shit gets me, gets me extra snacky. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> Yeah. Now let me ask you about the weed. It, do you feel it helps you? Is, is it a like in training? Do you think it helps you, or just to relax you after training? Or do you do, do I, you train high? No, no. I feel like I use marijuana as as most beneficial as I can. I use it as a, a real tool to improve the quality of my life, improve me as a as a human. Um, I, I don't I don't over abuse it. Um, so like today, I'm I'll probably smoke. I don't know. I'm about to go do a podcast with Tim. I might take a little puff, you know, get, get, get myself chattering a little bit. Yeah. But for the most part, I'm going to, I use the vaporizer, a volcano. It's like a $500 fucking machine. That's the most quality. The bag. Um, yeah. yeah. The bag. It's the best for your lungs. Um, and, and I'll hit that around six 30 at night. Get, get me leveled out. Cause I, I could fucking go all day. My brain, I could fuck. It'll be 10 PM. I'll just be, but if I can hit a nice little bag at night, 6.30 p.m., start getting ready for the, you know, kind of tell myself, okay, it's, you know, time to start winding down. I have my hot tub. I have a cold plunge. I have a sauna. I do. I stick to my morning or my night routine, and I, and I kind of make sure that, okay, we're getting ready for bed so I can have a good day tomorrow. Well, Sean, you looked, uh, I mean, you looked really, really great. Uh, congratulations. I mean, uh, there's no better statement you could have made. There's, there's nothing you could have done better, so – I'm happy for you that you've got to be ranked after this, and uh, I can't wait to see who you fight next. And you're never in a boring fight. You're never not fun it. to watch. Never never will be in a boring fight. Thank you. All right, All right man. man. Well, Thanks, uh, keep Sean. it up, and we'll talk to you again, okay? Yeah, have again. a good one, guys. Thank All you, All right, boy. Sean, you too. Be well. You too, buddy. Joe, before we get to your amazing victory, I was going to give Stephen Lee a shout out, but in his in, on his Instagram it says Ray Longo's best friends, Ray Longo's best yeah. friend, and that's a fucking lie. <laughs> so Stephen Lee, you gotta change that shit. I'm his BFFFF. Listen, fuck that shit, Stephen Lee. All right, you got your shout out. Put a shirt on. Yes, sir. Listen, Aljo, fuck yeah, Funk Master. You understand? I don't know if it's the edibles or the espresso just hitting me right now, but I am—I feel like I just watched it again. Your fight. I'm so fucking happy for you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel? How do you uh, feel? Yeah, it feels like we just pulled off the biggest robbery in in history. <laughs> it feels, you know, because you know the odds were even, and everyone was saying it was a pick'em fight, and I feel like we, you know, we went out there and we pulled out a victory in a spectacular way against the number four ranked guy in the world. And um, I almost feel like I, I stole one away and pulled the, pulled the hoax over the fans, you know? So <laughs> it feels good, man. I'm cloud nine right now. Cloud nine. I, by the way, you deserve, I, and we just talked to Sean O'Malley and he felt you deserve the next uh, shot. And we felt the two, um, but you know, it, it's going to be Jan against Aldo and that's, it is what it is, but you did something that guaranteed they cannot say, no, like you had to make a statement and you made a better statement than I even could have hoped for uh, for you. So you've got the winner of Jan and Aldo. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about that, man. It's a big opportunity. You know, Jose Aldo is a legend. I thought he won the fight against Marlon Marais, although it was very close, could have gone either way, but I thought he edged it out just on his aggressiveness alone and the, the strikes being relatively even, I thought. But, um, you know, it's a fight game. It's a game of inches. 
as we can see, you know, you make one mistake and sometimes that can make it a very short night for you. So, um, made the best man win it. But at the end of the day, man, if P.D. goes out there, he gets his hand raised, best believe I'm coming for that, man, you know. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm, I'm hyped up, man. I'm excited. I don't, I don't really have words for this. I'm just like, load up the C4 because we're going to derail that hype train. We're blowing it up. We're blowing it up. Is it, is it, I know it's, you know, your latest win's always the best win, but I feel this might be your best performance to date. I mean, and because you got to look at the caliber of fighter you were fighting. Yeah. You put to sleep the Sandman, Aljo. You understand? <laughs> That's fucking I ironic. I it's, it's, uh, it says a lot, man. People were, you know, highly touting this guy as the next guy to take me out. And rightfully so, look at the, his pedigree. He beat a guy who beat me in a razor close fight as well. But, um, and he pretty much dominated that fight with, with the Sun Cell. And, uh, it's tough to deny the guy's resume. You know, people might look at it like, yo, I just steamrolled the guy, but I don't think people realize how good I really am on the ground and just getting my, my wrist back from the surgery and being able to do what I love best, man, which is strangle people, man. You know, Tuesday yes. night, Friday mornings. <laughs> it's funny. It's so funny, Jimmy. I told Aljo, and you know, listen, you, you want your fighter to be confident, but I did tell him, and, and listen, I love Corey. I think Corey's a fucking beast. And I He's love great. how respectful he was afterwards when he told Aljo to go for the belt. Is that what he told you? Yep, yep. He said, "Go get that belt." That's go a beautiful that. thing. That's not yeah. that's that's a guy that doesn't get salty after a loss. You understand? But, yeah, he, um, did call me, he did call me an asshole when I saw him after. <laughs> oh, he's joking around. Yeah, that's fucking he great. Was, he was joking, though. You know, he's kind of like I didn't know how to respond. I was like, uh, "What's, what's so, up?" <laughs> what's so great about this? I mean, it, really looking at it, is Corey Sanhagen is so dangerous that, and he's a, and he's a little bit younger than you that he's going to be kicking ass for years to come. He'll yeah. he'll come back from this. And it's great to have that feather in your cap. But I remember just like one of the last conversations I had with Aljo before he, when he was out in Vegas. And I'm like, Aljo, if, listen, if this, if Corey comes down on a Tuesday night and you guys smack hands and you wrestle, what do you think's going to happen? You know what I mean? You're going to fucking strangle him. And uh, I'm not trying to be Notre Damas, but I've seen, and that's not just me, the guys in the room there too, Pumi, uh, Ally Aquinta, Stephen Lee, Ray Longo, we've seen stuff from Aljo that people haven't seen yet. Like, you know what I mean? There's, again, there's levels where, you know, if they had a kickboxing match, that might be real competitive. Corey's lengthy. Uh, he's got the length. He's, yep, he's yep. rangy. He's accurate. But I really, really in my heart feel, and, and it's been proven, the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu is where there's different levels. And yes. fuck, man, you went out there like the Black Panther on his ass. <laughs> I was like Nightcrawler out there, just yes, bam, right bam. Bam. Yes. Get over here, get over here. How, how did you see that fight going? When you, I mean, you couldn't have, even though you might have thought you were going to strangle him, you couldn't have dreamed that you would be on him that fast, no sweat. Uh, how did you see that going when you kind of thought it through? Dude, I, I tell you what, man, I had restless nights just dreaming about the fight, how many different ways it could go. You know, just listening to his interviews and some stuff and the way he was talking and saying, you know, he's world class, but he's a notch above. He's like, but I'm just a notch above that very cool, calm, collective demeanor. And it almost, it makes it very believable, you know, obviously with his body work. So there was some, some not doubt, but definitely some worry in about certain positions. Would I, would I be able to close the distance? Will I be able to avoid the strike and get it inside? Will I run into a knee with his height advantage? Um, is his grappling as good as it looks like in terms of the scrambling? Can he out-scramble me? Those type of questions. And I had restless nights. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think it was, it was fight day. 
And as I was getting, after we finished the, the morning shakeout, I get back to the room, shower up. Uh, I look in the mirror and I just go, why can't you finish this guy in the first round? You, you do it with everybody else. You know, when you, get, when you get on people's backs, you're a nightmare. I'm like, dude, you just go out there, be aware of what he's throwing at you, cut him off, inch your way in, you take him down and just sell out. And there's no way he's going to be able to keep up with you, especially if you get to his back, because he gives up his back a lot. And uh, sure enough, he did that again. I climbed his back and I was like, dude, I could not have imagined that it would have played out exactly like so I perfect, yeah. it right before, you know, taking that bus ride over to, to the arena. And I was like, this is insane. You know, you really speak about visualization. And I, I'm, I'm a true believer in that. But to do it a couple hours before the fight was like, I made up my mind then, like, you know what? I'm just going to go after it. If I get the takedown, great. If I don't, just keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting. I'm pressure this guy. All I need is one takedown. Get one takedown, that fight's pretty much over. And uh, his back defense, you know, I saw him fight, which was the Brazilian. He, he fought a Brazilian guy that he had him, the guy had him in a triangle and arm lock. Alcantara. And Alcantara. That's who it was, yes. And he seems very hard to submit. And he seems confident when guys have him in bad positions. So when you had the, uh, the body triangle on him, and he was trying – I'm telling you, this guy probably escapes nine out of ten back attacks, this guy, with other people. Yep. But, like we said, there's levels, man. When you – my short legs, I can never do that shit. But you're fucking – that body triangle when you hooked your foot underneath, even without the seatbelt, it was so hard for this guy to even – to face you at all. Another guy would have lost that back. How did it feel? I mean, you, he was still dry. Did, it, did you just feel this – I mean, because I'm telling you, I'm – Maybe it was better I wasn't there because I might have I might have yelled go to out <laughs> if he was losing the back you know what I mean I might have fucked you up I was so excited when I was watching that thing S Edwin he knows my brother in law he was watching yeah, it with yeah. me I was screaming fucking ah go to the back go to the back <laughs> I was going fucking nuts dude I was having a heart attack yeah uh, when you fucking when you was there did you was there any thought in your mind about letting go of the back to go to the mount or you would just felt like he wasn't getting out of there. No, I, I, I didn't think about transitioning. I, I thought I had him pretty dead to rights. He set up the first time. He tried to make the adjustments that Brian Caraway made, grabbing the figure four lock and, and getting his knee underneath it so I start sliding up his back and falling off. And uh, I denied that. I stomped my foot to the ground. And then I snatched him back up in some, like, scorpion. Get over here! Pulled him back into the death grip. And uh, I went from the face cramp, and I transitioned to the other side. I swam underneath. And we, Jason Rao and I were just drilling that as a refresher, and I was working it on both sides. And this is the first time I ever hit, I think, a submission on a high-level guy on the left with the, the, from a rear-naked choke position. So I was actually very proud about that because normally I always get the righty. He, he defended it well with the face crank. I tried to go palm to palm. He stopped it. He two on one. He fought the legs. He made the adjustments. He sat up. I pulled him back. Um, but once I swam across and I got the hand across, I posted on the elbow. He, for a split second, let his hands touch the mat, and I sunk something in. And I was like, dude, this is game blouses. So now, what, what's that mean? He let his hand touch the, touch the mat. How did that help you? So with his hands not being on the mat, so we come across the neck. As we come across the neck and we cut the shoulder, now we have what we call this V point that's in the middle of his chest and it's pointing all the way down. Now that's when you know you got both carotids or you can at least crush the jaw because I got a perfect symmetry across his body. He's in line with my chest, facing my hips. And from there, as I prop up on the elbow, it allows me to take my, my free hand, 
which is my non-choking hand, to place it behind, grab my bicep, and hide that top hand behind his neck. From there, it's, it's virtually impossible for you to get that hand outside. I would have to just make a mistake for him to grab my fingers, pull it out, and then lose the grip that way. But from there, my chin is locked down, blocking my fingers. I'm compressing, and I'm arching at the same time. Figure four, body lock, you're not going anywhere. That's, that, that kills animals. That puts anybody to sleep. Yeah, yeah Jimmy, uh, he meet when he, with the V. It's like a V on your neck where the elbow yeah. is, it should be underneath, right in line with your right, chin. Right in line. Yep. Yes. And the biggest thing is people are like, oh, they're the choking arm. When guys are looking to defend it, it's the opposite arm that they look to control this so the guy can't, even though you can, Technically, finish with one arm. One arm, yeah. It's a lot easier with both. <laughs> so when guys look to defend it, they try to get the non-choking arm, and then they work their way out. So Aljo hit it behind his head. So once he can't find that arm, and let me tell you, if you never got squeezed, strangled by Aljo, holy fuck! Let me tell you something. <laughs> I know what that feels like. It ain't fun. I, I haven't yet. Well, but next time we do the interview one. in person, uh, you could strangle me. You, you want to feel it. Yeah, yeah. What, when you said his hands touched the ground, was that? Did that just show you that? Did, did, but that, what did what did that mean? That he was not going to be able to get behind and grab your hand? I think he thought he was safe. I think he thought me coming across and him having a little bit of room for his shoulders to get through. But he was dead position in my hips. His shoulders were out a little bit. But me just having that cut pressure underneath, and I knew once I sunk that in and I got my hips into it, he wasn't, he wasn't getting out, man. There was just no way in hell he could get out of that. You, both your carotid arteries are compressed, your chin is compressed, and I thought I was going to get him with the, the face crank the first time, the way I stretched him out, and I, I kind of felt him in there, kind of like making a little bit of noise. I thought it was going to be done, but, you know, to his credit, he toughed it out, but once I got that one sunk underneath, man, I was like, this, this, this is no way. This is almost impossible to escape. And how hard is it to go from a face crank to under the chin? Uh, well, if the, if the opponent lifts his head up to relieve the pressure on the chin, it's pretty easy. But uh, he was able to get the two-on-one and extend my hand and pull it across. So it made it a little bit more difficult for me to apply pressure while he was pulling the pressure off. So it's like it's a battle of do I want to sell out on this position, me pull, pulling and squeezing, and him pulling and trying to relieve the pressure, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So what the fuck is next? Peter Jan? <laughs> Peter Jan is next? You want that guy. Or Jose, guy, yeah. Or Jose. But Jose Aldo. But uh, yeah. Peter Jan reminds me of like an Ivan Drago. Like right now he's probably just fucking on some machine fucking running or something. Like, you know what I mean? That yeah. guy, that's the fight I want to see. Is you, and let me listen. You're going for the fucking title regardless. It's right within your reach, funk master. It's unreal, man. This is unreal. It's like, man, when I say, when I got up, I blacked out. I didn't even remember all the running around I did, yelling at Dan. I had no idea I did all that. I was just like, dude, I was in the zone. I was like, this is just crazy to see all the hard work come to fruition. And against a top guy like that, who's going to be, he's taking out so many good guys. Only had one loss. He's going to be taking out all these other guys coming up. And people might look at him like, oh, he's got this weakness. I don't think they realize it's not that he's just not that great on the ground. It's probably one of his weaker areas, but I think it's just my ground game is just that more elite compared to other guys. I just train with too many world-class guys in that department. Jason Rao, Nick Ronan, uh, I, Quinta Marab, all these guys, Sully, Gullows, all, all these guys, man, they're so good, man. We just have a great team behind us, especially in that department. So um, definitely Peter Yannex or Jose Aldo, whoever it is, I, don't, I really don't care. I just want to get my opportunity that I think I – I rightly earned and um, bring another belt to Long Island. Holla! 
You know what's really amazing, Jimmy uh, and Aljo? On a night in your weight class, when you got guys like Sean O'Malley and Cody Garber both doing slick-ass knockouts, yeah. not like they were some shitty-ass, oh, the guy's tired, he knocks him out. They were both, they were both holy fuck knockouts. You got a submission, which normally is not, I mean, they're, they're, look, they're, that's great, but normally people put a lot on the knockouts, yet yeah. you're ta- everybody's talking about you for the title. That's how impressive it was. And part of it is because of your dance partner over there, fucking uh, Sanhagen. You know what I yeah. mean? That's because everybody, everybody expected a fucking battle, a dogfight. So to go in there and make it look like it was fucking UFC 1, no offense to Sanhagen. I mean, you took him down sure. and like a doobie. Uh, it, you know, just rightfully so. You deserve all this praise, buddy. And it's not just because you're my buddy. You know what I mean? I am. You know what, Jimmy? I've seen the ups and downs, man. I've been backstage with Aljo when things, when he had a rough night, and 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 you know, and 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 for him to bounce back from that, and then come out and beat an undefeated fighter with the Pikey. Was it the Pikey that time? Yeah, Brett John. I mean, you know, after, come, after a couple of hard time fights, and I mean, it's 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 all about the journey. That's why I think. When you got that choke, dude, you're talking about you blacked out. I, had, I almost, I was fucking faint. I yelled so much, I actually had to sit down, Jimmy. It's like when Jimmy makes me laugh so too hard. <laughs> you might have almost killed me, along with the sand, <laughs> along with the fucking Sandman. Uh, hey, man, I don't know what else to say, dude. I, oh, I do know that Marab is fighting this weekend. There's yeah. Ray Borg. And All I'll right. tell you, you know, we're such a tight team, Jimmy, that they're staying out there. They're staying with Marab. And they're working with him all week long. And we're going to keep this party going, man. We literally got the we, – so we're sitting in the hotel lobby at the next hotel with my manager, um, Marab is my manager, uh, with Lloyd. And I go, Lloyd, what do we got to do to get this guy a fight? He's been trying to get a fight for how long now? No one wants to fight him or we can't get him a fight. He goes, you want to fight? He's like, I'll text Shelby right now. So he goes, that's, I go, that's it? So he texts Shelby. I shit you not, two hours later, hey, we got Ray Borg. You want the fight? Yes, we're in, 100%. And uh, Mirage has been training with me the entire training camp and everybody else. So he's, in, he's fight shape ready, you know. So this is an amazing opportunity for himself uh, to show the world his skills as well against a former title challenger and Ray Borg. And then, of course, we got Matt Favola the following week, and I'm going to be out here for that as well. So it's, it's a good time, man. I think we're all riding that wave. And the team's still undefeated in 2020, and we're going to keep this train going. Well, congratulations, man! It was it was uh, it was an amazing win, and uh, you know you're you're next for the uh, for the shot at the title, and uh, you deserve it. You deserved it sooner, but I'm happy for you that you got it, and you got it. Took no damage, so I'm really happy for you, man. Thank you. You know, I'm going to stay in shape because there's potentially that something might happen with this fight with Jan and Aldo. Uh, yes. Nobody knows, but something might happen, so it just makes sense for me to stay in shape. That fight sure. is next month, and um, with gold on the line, so it'd be a huge opportunity for myself and everybody back home. So I'm super excited, man. This is good times, man. Exciting times to be a part of the team. Exciting times to, to invest in some punk master stocks. Can I just, <laughs> can I just say that uh, before, when you when fight night, you know, Ray Longo put out this awesome uh, thing on his Instagram with the whole team over at Lore MMA doing like a birthday parade type of shout out with him. Everybody's driving honking horns. He didn't fucking call me, Longo. I was supposed to be there too, and I was pissed. But anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, the fucking shit's kicking in. Listen, Aljo, I'm so fucking <laughs> proud of you, dude. I can't. I told you enough, but I'm gonna keep telling you. I when you do come back, hopefully Eddie's Pizzeria is open, and we could all fucking 
celebrate. We're celebrating either way. Yeah, definitely. We gotta do something. We gotta do something when we come back. When everyone's when everyone's back together. So happy for you, buddy. Yes, buddy. Uh, you are the future champ. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I'm still, I can't. I still can't believe everything happened the way it did. It's really unreal. I expected honestly a, a more crazy fight. Both of us in the hospital and um, look at man, you. Man, roof, your rooftop boss like, hanging out. I know. You know it's a good time. I feel like I really pulled off a big robbery. <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> like, did we just get away with them? Everybody gets one. No, every dog has their day. So I think, uh, again, San Diego's a tough He's going to be back. Yeah. But, you know, it was the night of the funk. So you I'm des- just happy. You deserve it, buddy. Funk. What's your, by the way, if people want to catch up with you besides your Instagram, it's uh, the, your fucking uh, podcast, The Weekly yes. Scraps. The Weekly Scraps. We're rocking and rolling. We've got an episode coming out today. Um, I'm on a media tour right now, so we got to bang out a bunch of these, and it's, it's a good time, man. You know, it's always nice when people want to talk to you. So enjoy yeah. it, enjoy yeah. it, buddy. Yeah, it's a great job, man. Thank you, guys. You guys, I hope you guys are staying safe, having fun, and uh, can't wait to see you guys back when I get back home. Nah, uh, you're the best, man. I'll be touching base with you uh, probably tomorrow or something about Marab, my man, Funk Master. See you soon, man. Thank you. Later, buddy. Tell Pumi and Stephen Lee I said bye. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> What's up, man? Congratulations, dude, dude. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Hey, let me tell you, you won me over when I seen you have to really deal with adversity when you fought Shoeface, Antonio yeah. Um, it was something Carlos junior. Jr. Yes, yeah. Carlos Jr. Let me tell you something. That's what because I'm a jujitsu guy. So when yeah. I was watching that, and that's what really put you on my radar. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be another shoe face victim. He took him down, and he was on your back, and he weathered a storm. And uh, real props to um, uh, Mark, your, your uh, my, my, what's your coach? Montoya. Name? Montoya. I'm sorry, I know Mark. He really he got you back in sync in the corner, and you came you came to really uh, get your head back in the game and win that fight. And that's when I'm like, oh shit, man, this guy knows how to deal with fucking adversity. Right, story of my life. You know, but how does it feel yeah. to get the monkey off your back, man? Now that you got your you're back in that wing column. Yeah, you know it feels great. Um, you know, you dropping two fights in the UFC, whether you're ranked or not. You know, it's it's tough, man. You know, your job could be possibly on the line and. So there was a lot of pressure, but I took that pressure off and just focused on performing. I made a lot of changes. Um, I moved to Thailand, then COVID hit. I came back to Denver, didn't go back to my old team, uh, assembled a new team and just this whole midst of all the COVID and adversity. And just it just found my group, man. I found a great group of training partners, a, a, a good uh, two coaches. And uh, we went to war, man, and it paid off. Are you in Denver now? You're in Denver now? Yeah, I'm in Frisco, Colorado. I'm getting ready to go camping right now because I'm actually uh, – I wanted to announce it on you, with you guys first. I'm fighting uh, on June 27th against Brendan Allen. Oh, nice. Yeah. Where, yeah now, where is yeah. that fight? Is that in Vegas or is that uh, – oh, no, Fight Island's not until July. So is that in Vegas? Yeah, it's right back where we were. And uh, the funny thing was is because one of my uh, cornermen tested uh, inconclusive on his COVID test. So they pulled the fight. And my manager already lined up this fight for me to fight in three weeks if uh, I was going to be pulled from the card. I got the guy retested with the UFC, did a great job. He came back negative. 
And then obviously I went out there, did this performance on, on Gerald Mearshart and who's Brendan Allen's teammate. And then we said, Hey, well, uh, I'm healthy. Let's still take that fight. Yeah. You didn't really, uh, you didn't really take a lot of the damage. So again, that's always a nice way to, to end, to end the night. Uh, well, you know, you can be ready in three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm in shape right now. Um, I, I just going to keep staying in shape and, just train a little bit and, and, and I'll peak again in two weeks or three weeks, whatever it is, and uh, get another win and get me back on track for getting four fights this year. Did those two lo- Sorry, Matt, did those two losses, uh, what, did that do anything to your head when you had those two losses? I mean, obviously, you know you can, you, can, you can win again, but was there that thing like, Christ, if I lose, this is three in a row? Yeah, definitely. But, you know, I had to, after the first loss against Brunson, you know, I never lost two fights in my whole career. So I had to, uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself against Omari, and, and I think the pressure went against me a little bit. I was a little gun-shy. I wasn't trying to uh, just go in there and dominate like I did my last fight. So I took the pressure off winning and losing this fight, and I just focused on movement and, and dominating and just performing. If I perform, I'll win. So that's what happened. That's funny. Jimmy, I was about to ask something very similar. I've been – as a fighter, I've been there before, um, maybe yeah. twice before, where I've lost two in a row. And it's a it's weird, man. It really makes you mentally. It could really screw with somebody because it's like you yeah. have the one loss. It could happen. It's MMA, but yeah. then now you got two. So when you get two, I'm like all right, if I get three, like you said, this could be my fucking job, man. So it yeah. really, like I remember for myself, I'd be like, all right, just remember you're going, you're getting paid to fight. You enjoy fighting. Keep it simple. Yes. How exactly. did you? How did you mentally? Is that what you did? Something similar to that? Or how did you mentally it, deal with that? Because it, it exactly, it could break people. Yeah, it, it really can. You know, if you start thinking about the outcome, oh, I lose my job, my mortgage, all these bills, and everything, and I was moving to Thailand. What am I doing moving to Thailand if I lose my job? So all these things are going through my head. But you got to just shut that part of your brain off, and you just have to. Hey, why do I do this? I love it. Just like you said, I love doing this. I love going to practice. Uh, I got to just find that passion again. And I just got to focus on performing because I know if I'm on and I perform, uh, there's not many people in this world that could, that could even uh, uh, get close to beating me. So, and that's how I feel and that's what I believe. Part of that was, um, did you make, you said you made changes to your camp? You switched like, teams or you, what'd you do now? Is that, was that part of going to Thailand? Yeah, so I went out there for five weeks just to kind of clear my head and check things out. Fell in love with the, the living, the culture, the, the beaches, and obviously the training camp and the coaches. And um, so I was literally, I came back, I told my own coaches, hey, I'm moving. I went out back to Thailand to do an eight-week camp before I was going to move my wife out and rent my house later after that fight in May 16th in San Diego. Fight got canceled, COVID hit, Donald Trump said, hey, you better get back, we're going to close borders. I came back and then it was a time of like a week or two. I had no clue what I was going to do. The fight was canceled. I wasn't going to take a fight because I had no team. I had no coaches. I didn't want to go back to the team. I just left because it was a little bit of a tension there. And so I just left it to God, man. And he, he found me a, a group of great training partners, some coaches that came together. And it was all meant to be. It was, it, and my coach kept it so simple for me. It was just movement. All he said was movement. Don't worry about the arm bar, the guillotine, the, the chokes. He said, just worry about your movement. And I just stayed moving. And, and I went out there and uh, the, the knockout came. Did your wife want to move to Thailand or was she kind of relieved? Like, all right, we're going to stay in Denver. Is this something that you guys feel like, fuck, that would have been fun? Or are you kind of happy you don't have to? Oh, we're still moving to Thailand. It oh, you just are? got delayed. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. We might split camps now just because of this, uh, the amazing bond that I've, I've came with these new coaches. 
But yeah, we're definitely moving to Thailand. But yeah, she's she's a full time nurse and she quit her job. So at first she was a little hesitant. You know, it's I mean it's a big move, it's a big change. But you know, she's on board. She supports me. She knows it's best for my career right now. So we're excited to go. Where do you train in Thailand? Uh, Tiger Muay Thai. Tiger Muay Thai, yeah. Yeah, we're with- talking to Mike Swick. He's got that AKA yeah. Uh, Thailand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I trained over there as well. Um, but like the the most prominent fight team out there is that Tiger Muay Thai with the Hickman brothers. Ah, mm-hmm. it's the cost yeah. of living out there. It's much better, right? Oh man, I can live like a real. Prof- you can get a three bedroom house for six seven hundred a month with a backyard. You know, I mean, three to six dollars eating out at a restaurant. Um, a nine dollar massage. I mean, thing is, it's a it's a third of the price, roughly everything. So wow, yeah, no, it, I'm excited. Uh, just with the culture, and I'm a beach person. That's that's me. So oh, yeah, um, I'm gonna go be by the beach. Where did you grow up, Ian? I did grow up in Denver. You know, and I love the mountains, and I, that's why we're going camping right now. But I don't like the cold. <laughs> when it's cold here, it's not for me at all. And, and the elevation, man, has been rough on my body lately. It really doesn't let me recover. Yes, it gives me that lung power in a fight, but man, it it's hard to recover. I just feel better in the heat and humidity. Tell me about the camping. What do you guys got lined up? Yeah. You fishing, oh. you canoeing. What's going on? My wife is the furthest away. She, listen, you have to have a partner that's into that because yeah, you know you my do. wife. She sees a spider. She's not going to the tent. Fuck that. Yeah. When I was a kid, yeah. I used to do it. I used to like that stuff, but yeah. you know, my wife's not into it. Uh, I, I guess your wife's an outdoors person as well. Yeah, she's a she's a, a a born and bred country girl from Nebraska, so she's all about the camping. And she actually never camped before she met me in the mountains. But yeah, we're going outside of Leadville, which is one of the highest towns in America. There's a lot of history there, a lot of Wild West. Doc Holliday lived there, all that. And uh, we're gonna cruise off four wheel where there's no people, and we can just get away from all the noise and just let my mind refocus. Be be right by the river, do some fishing, go on a hike, and. Uh, because first off, I need to I need to refocus my mind, and then refocus my body will come after, and then get back into training and be ready to fight again. What's so impressive is that you know Gerald Mershaw just came off of a great win versus Deron Win, yeah. you know. So I yeah. mean, to face a guy like that again after coming off a couple of fights, skid, I mean, it it shows the mental toughness. Because I mean, listen, yeah. you're not going to get any any scrubs at this, at this stage of the game in the UFC, but that dude was coming off a nice high, you know, and you know, he's with a good camp. So, I mean, shit, man, I am so excited now. Now you're fighting his teammate. That even adds a little something to it. No. Uh, Yeah. He actually cornered him. He was, he was cage side for that fight. And so, yeah, no, it's cool, man. Like, uh, you know, right now it's a time of opportunity. Yes, there's, it's hard times as well, but there is opportunity in the COVID. And there's not a lot of fighters that are ready to fight right now. And, um, you know, usually I would be climbing the ranks, you know, I'm ranked number 13, but the only fight, you know, everyone's booked or people aren't ready. So uh, Brandon Allen's ready to go. I'm healthy and ready to go. Let's put a show on for the fans. You know, was, was I, there a moment, sorry, Matt, where there was a moment where you, you knocked him down and he was grabbing for your legs. And I'm like, your sharp might survive this is there a moment where you register that he let go of your leg and then just covered up and you know i got him yeah you know i started hitting him hard and then i was like you know this guy's known for being durable and taking a beating and then coming out and subbing you at the end so i hit him with a few hard shots he got to his knees and it was like started to be a grappling exchange and i was like okay okay breathe you know don't like conserve some energy because 
when I dropped Brunson with that head kick, I took so much energy out of me just like flexing and holding my breath, like get the finish, you know? So I was like, breathe, focus. And then I caught him with another one that made him kind of curl and take the fetal position. And I was like, all right, give it your all. This guy, we're going to finish him. Isn't it, isn't it funny how one of your worst experiences, like when you're anytime you lose, it's a horrible experience. I know how that feels. It leads, it, it raises your IQ your fight IQ, and it leads to one of your, your best experiences. Like, yeah. I've dealt with that. Carol Parisian, very similar. I almost knocked him out, got mm -hmm. tired, took a beating for 15 minutes. But then yeah. I remembered when I heard George in my fight with him, I remember uh, to calm, not to make the same mistake. So it really, yeah. on this stage, when, you, when something like that happens, it just, it forces you to become a smarter fighter because it's like embedded mm -hmm. in your brain, that horrible feeling of, oh, I was yes. right there. Nice uh, is out. Yes. It was so it close. It haunts you, man. It yeah. haunts you. But it ultimately yeah. gets you better, you know? Yeah. And that's what yeah, we absolutely. saw in your last fight. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, it was like, they call me, you know, I, I feel like I'm the king of controversy, you know? Uh, Thursday, I'm getting ready to cut weight and make the real hard cut. And I'm off the card for, for five hours, you know, like, um, and literally my phone's blowing up. I had to shut it off. And, um, you know, I didn't know if I was fighting and, you know, it was just a wild time of just, you're a roller coaster high. And I was like hungry and wanted to drink. And I was like, well, if I'm not on the card, why can't I just drink and eat? But I just stuck to the course. My coaches did a great job and I thrive in that controversy for some reason, you know, God has just put that in my cards, you know, and it seemed like with all the controversy, I get in this mindset, that prison mindset. I have to bring that back. And, uh, and I had to do that. And, you know, it paid off, man. I, I felt like I had a bulletproof mindset going into this fight. And um, I, I felt great and performed. That, are, you, are you in your car right now? Is that, what, is that like the, the hatch of your car? Yeah, that's yeah this is the hatch <laughs> and the mountains are behind us. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're getting ready to lose service. So I had to stop to give you guys a great interview. And I, I'll tell you, Ian, it is funny, not funny, but it's, it's interesting what you said about, because uh, it's not just you. Some guys are really taking advantage of this quarantine situation where a lot of fighters yeah. aren't going to be fighting. You just fought. You're unscathed. You're fighting again. We just yeah. uh, Ray Borg fought not too long ago. He's fighting mm -hmm. one of my guys, Marab, in a, in a week, this weekend. Yeah. He just fought. Yeah. Charles Rosa lost to Bryce Mitchell. He's fighting again, really. Mm -hmm. So a lot yeah. of guys are in shape, and if shit doesn't go their way or it does go their way, hey, man, they're, they're riding this wave. I think it's super smart. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a time right now you can sit around and feel bad for yourself, or you can be like, hey, I'm going to make it happen, and I'm going to take advantage of some opportunity right now. You know, there's not too many fighters that are left that are ready to fight right now. And, and you know, it, you know, it's usually you wouldn't – I wouldn't fight an unranked guy after winning against a, uh, an unranked guy after my two losing streak. I would start climbing the ranks, you know. But um, with Brendan Allen being available and uh, no one else being available, you know, let's do it. Let's, let's get another paycheck and, and just keep putting on shows. And, and in a time when there's a lot of fights and people could forget about a, a win, uh, you know, because there's another fight – Hey man, you're, you're, people are seeing your face more and you're yeah, an exciting absolutely. fighter. So that's how people are going to be falling in love with your fighting style. Yeah. Just like me absolutely. and Jimmy are. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm fans of you guys, man. So I appreciate oh, getting thanks, on the man. show. Well, yeah, thanks awesome. Ian. And it would look, man, congratulations. And uh, we're looking forward to your fight in three weeks. It's great. We get to see you again so soon and uh, have fun camping. And uh, we'll definitely talk to you again, uh, hopefully soon. And I'm going to yeah, check yeah. out your, your Instagram. So I'll take some pictures of the, the camping trip. I want to see how that goes. I, I like that okay. stuff. I'm yeah, going to live through some... you because I don't do that shit. Okay, yeah. I'll take some pictures, put it on my Instagram, check it out. But also, 
read my story on the Players Tribune. It's my life story and just how it shows. Uh, six years ago, you know, I was rock bottom in a foreign prison cell, and now uh, being a ranked fighter in the in the in the UFC, uh, I just you know I want to show a, a, my story of inspiration for people, and uh, you know, show people you can do anything. You're not too old. It's not too late. You're not you know. I've overcame drug addiction and everything. So um, yeah, check that out as well. Were you, was it the Canary Islands? I think I, I read about that. Was that where you were? You were, uh, and, and how long were you in for? Because I, I did read about it, but I just, I didn't, I didn't get the length of time you were in for. Yeah, so I got popped with uh, ecstasy in Colorado, posted bail, fled the country, and then was trafficking cocaine from Colombia to Spain and got, got popped over there, did two and a half years in prison over there. Uh, trained the full time when I was in prison. They had a wrestling program. They had a kickboxing program, a boxing program. They let me do MMA. They, I learned Spanish fluent. They really reformed me, and, and it helped me overcome my drug addiction. And then I got released 2014, Valentine's Day. And, um, you know, that's when I started training MMA for real, for real. And, uh, you know, um, five, four years later or six years later, you know, here we are in the UFC making waves. That is freaking – that's a – dude, this sounds like yeah. a – this is a movie in the making for sure. Yeah, You know, absolutely. you get the title, fuck yeah. This is going to be a movie. Oh, yeah. Wait a second. They had a wrestling program, an MMA program in, in jail? Yeah, it was called Lucha Canaria. It was it was amazing. It was like you wear a gi, but you roll it up, and uh, you start shoulder to shoulder in a, like a gladiator sand pit. And uh, it's best out of three takedowns. And you go through the whole team, and once you eliminate the team, that's how you win. And uh, me and one American were beating for teams off the street, like professional teams, and we were in the newspaper. Uh, it was awesome, man. It really was. Where was this? Um, so it's off the coast of Morocco. It's little <laughs> island called uh, – Canary Islands, it's in Spain, Spanish-owned. This reminds me of Batman Begins when Bruce Wayne got himself locked up just to work on his fighting skills. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm a geek. Right? Ian. I don't want, yeah, to, I mean, I don't want I mean, you to lose respect. I mean, the hurricane. It's like yeah. Ruben Carter. He, you know, he did two years in prison, came out, became a world champ, and that's what I'm going to do. Uh, obviously, he had a lot more controversy in his life, and uh, you know, hopefully that doesn't keep following me. But, uh, yeah, that's where I get my nickname, the hurricane. Well, hey, man, listen, congratulations, yeah. not only on the fight, but on turning your life around. Thank and you. And I'm really happy for you, man. And uh, I'm going to be checking out your Instagram for these yeah. uh, hiking pitches. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right, yeah, man. man. Thanks a lot, man. Have a All good right. time, and we'll, right, uh, we'll see you in three weeks. All right. Appreciate you guys. Uh, you take care, man. We didn't even get to talk about the fights. We only talked to a Jimmy. We had a jam-packed show today. We did, man. Anything we want to touch base on with the fights? I mean, let's, hey, first of all, how about this, Jimmy? Let's talk about our picks for a second. We were. You were stronger, though. What um, was I? Let's say it. it we, well, we were both very, very effective. I was I, five for five. So was I. Wasn't I? We both were. However, you came Thank a you. little bit closer with the methods. Like, for instance, Thank Matt Serra. I mean, I'm not even going to give myself. I came close. I picked O'Malley by a second round stoppage. You picked him by decision. We were both incorrect in the way I was a little closer. However, okay. Um, yeah, I picked Magny by a third round submission. You picked him by decision. And he won decision. decision. The, well, you say that very fast. And you kind of slowed down <laughs> when you pointed out that, uh, that Sugar Sean. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So I picked, I and by the way, people, UFC Unfiltered Army. I've been getting so much love from them. They're so nice, yeah. uh, our fans. Uh, you know, a lot of people chime in when I do shitty picks. Wrong. I see on my Instagram. Boo. Hey, I got one person, one person. I feel like giving the guy a shout out. 
and said, ah, good pick, Sarah, or something like that. So we were both wrong on the round. Um, I was right. There'd be a stoppage. I was off by one round, and you said decision. However, you were right on Magny's decision. I said third round sub. Thank you. Um, we both picked uh, Aljamain. I picked him by a second round submission. Um, yeah. You didn't give a pick, but I can't no. count that because you had inside knowledge. Yeah. Um, but I did pick him to win by submission. We both picked him to win, yes. And the one you picked that was incredible was Garbrandt's first round KO. I picked him by decision. Um, it was the second round KO. It was a KO, though. And then the champion. Amanda Nunes. I picked her in a, a first round stoppage. You picked a fourth round stoppage. She won by decision. So mine was a little, a little very, close. very tough. Yes. But not in her league as far as skill is concerned. She is um, super tough, though. Super tough. Very super tough. Durable. Yeah. Brutal. But uh, I'll tell you. Oh, let's do a – oh, wait, really quick. A couple of uh, shout-outs to the prelims, okay? Yes. Herbert Burns. I'll tell you. The parents knew what they were doing yeah. when they named Gilbert and Herbert. Gilbert and Herbert. Yeah. Because they probably got fucked with his kids. Yep. Hey, let's go fuck with Gilbert. And then Gilbert just fucks him up. And Herbert. Anyway, I think those brothers are some day. I'll tell you, Herbert, I was, Evan Dunham, by first round submission, Evan Dunham is one of these guys that's been around a long time. Yep. He's got notable wins over good guys, uh, Gleason Taboo, and uh, I, I killed that guy's name. That's right. Anyway, and some other guys. Well, hey, listen, he has some good wins. And he's a very well-rounded veteran. And he's very good in jiu-jitsu, black belt. So for him to take him down and get a submission, that was very, very impressive. We also, now do you, can you guess, Matt? Can you guess what my favorite, now the prelims are all great fights. Yes. But what I enjoyed the most. In Me the, knocking out Frank Trigg on Fight Pass. No, that's what I watched before and Oh, you mean, on the, you mean on the card on the weekend? On the prelims, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, which one you enjoyed the most? Yeah, because Devin Clark over Medifield was I'm amazing. Well, Devin Clark, we found him looking for a fight ages. Real smart fighter. And that was, I thought that was a very smart fight. Yep. And it was a, I, listen, I, when they say a failed takedown, he was huge. He was, and I used to do this too. He would shoot for a guy to sprawl and then he'd come up into the clinch. He was closing the distance without getting uh, hurt, right. without getting pieced up. And that was very smart by Devin Clark. Yeah. And he needed to do that to get the blood flowing in Alonzo's He Man body build. Because yep. I'll tell you right now, he took a little a little stank off those punches, yeah. and it made a big difference. Because I'll tell you, the first uppercut that uh, Alonzo threw, that was yeah, it closed it closed Devin's eye. Yeah. So he was a one eyed fighter through half most of that fight. And props to him because he fought very smart uh, versus uh, Alonzo yeah. Main, Mainfield. Uh, so Devin Clark felt great, fought great. But I'm going to say this: I'm going to say your fight that you enjoyed the most. Was Alex Perez taking out Juicia? Uh, who's Juicia uh, Formiga? Juicia Formiga, who's a stud yep. by TKO by leg kicks. That's Calf what you kicks, enjoyed. calf kicks. I know, Jimmy. It was beautiful. It's it was crazy. I watched a guy fall like that from calf kicks. Well, I'll tell you, that's not the first time he landed those things in a, in a fight. He is, he is, he is yeah. awesome with those calf kicks. And uh, Alex Perez, wow. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. Huh? That was Shit. my favorite. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, condolences to Cody Stamen on the yeah. brother. 18 years old. Uh, very, I'll tell you right now, I think Joe Rogan said it, and I agree. This might have been the best Cody Stamen ever looked. And he fought uh, Brian Kelleher, who's, who was game. Yeah. You know, Long Island kid, tough kid. 
and and he was in the fight, but he was just a little behind the whole time. And uh, I'll tell you right now, and I saw Joe Rogan getting a little misty-eyed. When, when he was doing the interview afterwards and when Cody was talking about holding in tears all week, you know, uh, uh, Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel, I was, I was getting a little upset. Yeah. I'm an emotional guy. Sure. So, you know, uh, congratulations and condolences. Yeah. Cody Stamen. I can't wait to see what's next to him. And also, I got to say, we had Chase Hooper on, and, you know, his stand-up is just, uh, you know, there's, a, like you said, there's different, Alex Caceres is just a different level striker. And to watch a guy who has fought everybody who's a veteran, and they kept saying he went the distance with uh, Yair Rodriguez, split decision, to watch a guy who's that comfortable, who's fought that many great fighters, you just see the experience uh, gonna, yeah, over a guy like Chase Hooper, who, who's dangerous on the ground, but I just this is a guy who knows how not to be taken down by a guy who's dangerous on the ground. This, and I'll tell you, anytime they were on the floor, Chase had a chance of doing something. Sure That's how slick he is. Sure he did. But this is, what, this is what it looked like. And I like, I like uh, Chase. Chase. Yeah. yeah, I do like Chase Hooper a lot. But it looked like a man fighting a boy. Like he, he, it looked like a 32-year-old man fighting a 20-year-old. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what it looked like to me. And, and uh, what is more dangerous... Then, uh, then uh, Chase's ground game is that he's got a good chin and that, that yeah. he's a tough kid. Very and tough. that's dangerous for him to be in these fights with a guy of uh, Alex's level because he'll take the abuse and that could shorten a career. So yeah. I think, you know, he should take a little time and, uh, you know, keep working his skill set, working that head movement, working the takedowns where the other, you know, and again, he's going to be growing. The guy can't even go out and buy a beer. He's a young kid. Yeah, 20, 20 years old. You know, the guy doesn't shave yet. So, I mean, he's a young kid. He's a gifted kid. I think he should take a little time and uh, get the other his, – his striking and his wrestling, they might not get to the level of his ground game, but they need to be leveled up. Agree. And part of it will become with him maturing as a person. By the way, he did have some funny um, – oh, shit. I got it. Yo, I'm going to – we have to look it up now. I'm going to look up his Instagram because it's funny. It is sure. funny. It was Ben Askren said something like, ah, oh, sorry, son. They have a little thing going on about him, about, yeah. about him, uh, about those guys, about um, him being his he son. Him being his dad, yeah. But he said something which was so fucking funny. I'm not going to be able to find It's probably on Twitter and I'm not on Twitter. But it said something like, ah, oh, well, thank God at least I have mom's chin, dad, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Time for baby funk. Let's go, Chase. And he wrote, sorry, pops. Glad I at least got my mom's chin, though. <laughs> that, that is so funny. funny. <laughs> That is so great. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy. Yes, sir. I think we touched base on pretty much everything. Yep. What a great show. Great show. Uh, so good to catch up with Aljo. And of course, uh, Sean O'Malley is a, a very fun guy to talk to. And uh, Ian Heinish, a fascinating story. Next time I want to talk more about Rikers Island. And um, oh, I'll tell I'll you, what a story with Ian, man. I did not even know that. Yeah. I love hearing that backstories. And then, of course, Aljo, the funk master Sterling. Sure. Amazing. Amazing, man. He's just gonna, so happy. For I him, feel he's yeah. gonna be the future champ, and uh, and again, you know, Corey Sanhagen, keep your keep your head up. And I'll tell you who I feel bad for, whoever Corey Sanhagen's fighting next, because that kid is a tough kid. And one of the worst things that happened, it never really happened to me, but I could, I, I it happened to guys I'm close to, and is when a um a fight after a fight camp, it's one thing if you lose, but a fight if a fight you lose when you like, I think he got one strike off or something in that fight before he got taken down and taken out. So when you really don't get the show 
anything that you've been working on or whatever. It's really, it's like, it's like, oh, I feel like I haven't even fought type of feeling. So yeah. I feel for Corey, but I think it's going to light a, a, a more of a fire underneath him and that he'll be back. And it's exciting times, man. Uh, yes. I, that was such a great, great card. And uh, so many, so many things that, this, that you know, from, from Cody Garbert's KO, KO to, uh, I mean, to, again, to, 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 to Sugar Sean O'Malley. That's right. To, uh, Aljo's strangle or strangulation. Of, uh, what a uh, night, brother. What a night. Carson Higgins, yeah. Well, listen, buddy, we will talk on uh, Wednesday. And uh, this was a fun one. And uh, then we'll get ready for the, the next card, which I guess is in uh, this weekend. This, this weekend. Jesus, right. I, I love it. This weekend. We got Marab think, fighting. That's right. If there's anything to COVID that's positive, and there's really not much, it is that we're getting a lot of fights in a row. Yes. I'm trying to take some positive out of it. Jimmy, yep. and I'm being positive, but I miss you already. Yeah, I miss you too, pal. I'll talk to you in a couple of days, buddy. See you soon. Later, Jimmy. Goodbye, everyone.